if you hear, if people hear anything today, it's that we are nature, right? We're not a separate entity um, from nature. We are actually a part of this whole um, symbiotic relationship with, with nature. And, but some really powerful things um, happen to us, physiological things that happen to us when we are exposed to the earth, right? When we smell the earth, when we touch the earth, um, things like um, lowering uh, depression and anxiety. We sleep better when we are exposed to um, green space. Our blood sugar is lowered. Um, our, our cardiovascular health improves. Um, our inflammation decreases. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I speak with changemakers from all over the world who are contributing to the common good. Contributing to the common good in even the smallest of ways is proven to help us age with vitality and deep contentment. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. My goal here is to share optimism about aging and introduce you to guests who will inspire you to live with zest. And to find out more about the podcast, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. And while you're there, sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind the scenes looks at our guests and other fun tidbits. And if you love the podcast, I'd be grateful if you shared it with your friends. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was a previous guest. Find out more at judybanker.com. Our technical director is Stephen Litweiler. So if you were to design a healing experience for a loved one with dementia, what would it look like? Would it include fresh air, nature, self-expression, and laughter? Today we're going to speak with Michelle Olson from Evergreen Minds, who is going to tell us about her work creating mindful outdoor experiences that are intergenerational and dementia-inclusive. And we're going to talk about why nature is so important for our bodies and our minds, especially as we age. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Nicole. I'm so happy to be here. Excellent. We're going to have a, a lot to talk about because we have a lot of shared interests here. And I'm so, um, oh, I'm just so interested in your work. I, I do wonder about starting this uh, mission during COVID. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of like, why would you do this during a pandemic? But there's no better time, right, to get outdoors than during a global pandemic. So, you know, I've been dreaming about this for a while, but, you know, during the pandemic, we've all been really stressed and overloaded with screens and we've been isolated from loved ones. So, you know, many of us were, were drawn to go back outdoors and get that, that connection that we've been missing. And, um, you know, in the height of COVID so many times, I remember even hiking and the, the pale, uh, the, um, the hiking trails were packed, which was so interesting, mm -hmm. right? And I, I, we all had to cover our faces because there were so many people on the trails. 
Um, and, and that was kind of surreal. But really, um, during the pandemic, people who are living in long-term care, as we know really well now, in hindsight, people were kept in their rooms. They were, mm. you know, kind of kept out of um, engaging with other people. And everything was really limited for them. And because really, we didn't know what else to do. So even outdoor visits were, you know, carefully scheduled and timed. But really, this whole idea of Evergreen Minds was developed because after working in many years in different long-term care communities, you know, the, the realization to me was, you know, these homes are really constructed in a way that disallows people to have the option of, of um, daily access to being outdoors with the community. And so kind of in essence, we've just sort of accepted this uh, sanctioned isolation when people move into long-term care mm -hmm. and, um, you know, particularly when they have, uh, you know, memory care, uh, uh, memory care settings, you know, then people are even more kind of disconnected from the rest of the world. So that's pretty much what, what got me wanting to, to start this, this program where we open up the doors, right? We, we take the locks off the mm -hmm. doors and we, we bring people together. Opening the doors. That's beautiful. So opening the doors, the theme of opening the doors, it just sounds so there, there's freedom there. Talk a little bit about, I mean, we probably know intuitively that it's good to be outside. It's good to be in a community. We all kind mm -hmm. of know this and we've heard it. Um, why is it so important? What really happens to people as they are outdoors uh, in mm -hmm. fresh air and nature? Right, right. Well, I think the, the number one takeaway, if you hear, if people hear anything today, it's that we are nature, right? We're not a separate entity um, from nature. We are actually a part of this whole um, symbiotic relationship with, with nature. And, but some really powerful things um, happen to us, physiological things that happen to us when we are exposed to the earth, right? When we smell the earth, when we touch the earth, um, things like um, lowering uh, depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. we, we sleep better when we are exposed to um, green space. Our blood sugar is lowered. Mm -hmm. um, our, our cardiovascular health improves. Um, our inflammation decreases. Uh, what else? So there's um, a beautiful theory by uh, called attention restoration theory by Kaplan and Kaplan, and and so th this has been studied many times since the 80s and 90s. That our actually our concentration improves, and we're able to focus better and um, reflect wow. more. And it, you know, it's really like why wouldn't we want to be outdoors, right? We've gotten so accustomed to being inside, but so many beautiful things happen when we are outside. And I'm guessing it becomes obvious when you're seeing people who might have some cognitive deficits and they're out there, they're in nature, they're doing um, some mindful outdoor experiences. Do you see them sort of come alive and become more fully themselves? I, I can honestly say yes, without a doubt. And, and not just people with dementia, but everybody, right? That's why after, when we go, when we go outside, when we wheel outside or we walk outside, there's like this awakening, I think, that happens. This kind of a feeling of awe and, and that fascination comes over us. We can be fully present in, in our bodies. And I do see this with people who are living with dementia. Um, and it, it, that's what's so, so interesting to me is how, in the design, right? The, the, the design of buildings, we really 
have to kind of get back to bringing nature in, right? Bringing people out and then also bringing nature in just to kind of stimulate some of these benefits. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh, oh, and, and the science is so fascinating. If you look into uh, forest bathing and all of that, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about Project Growing Together. I know that there's a Preserve at Vassar College. Um, tell me a little bit about wh what that what that's all about. Oh, yeah. So Project Growing Together. So Evergreen Minds has started this past January. We started this um, Evergreen Minds um intergenerational and dementia inclusive garden and it is so beautiful and I'm kind of hoping that one day I won't actually have to say that right like I won't need to say those words intergenerational dementia inclusive like uh, that's right like that's <laughs> the obvious yes like it's our community this is what we do we come together so this whole dream is that um you know, we, we do kind of come together. We continue to promote citizenship, which is a term that Jill Vitale also uses, um, kind of to describe, um, to, I'm sorry, to reframe how we view people in long-term care. So I love that. So this is kind of promoting citizenship. So everybody in this garden, which includes, you know, Vassar College students, it includes um, older members from the community, people with dementia, people without dementia, just everyone is truly welcome here in this garden. Mm -hmm. It's it's also a um, a art gallery too, which was actually one of the ideas that came from one of our interns is to make it a garden space, but also an art gallery. And so we go into different nursing homes. We create art. The art comes into the garden. Um, we also the things that we grow are chosen by the participants. Mm -hmm. Where they grow, the, everything from the design to to what's planted, where it's planted. They're invested. And they're invested, yes. And then what we harvest goes back into these long-term care communities so that they can continue, right? Those roots just keep rippling out so <laughs> they can, um, you know, garden. Uh, I'm sorry, they can take the gardening um, produce and they can do cooking programs or they could do creative arts programs with the flowers. So um, it's just, it's a really beautiful thing to witness. And um yeah, it's our first year, and I, I'm in love with it. It's fantastic. And it's early in the season in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. So are you getting any anything popping up yet? Well, right now we uh, – thank you. Yeah, it is pretty much dirt. <laughs> it's dirt right now. But we have put in the cold items, right, the radishes and the Ooh, lettuce, okay. that type of things. But we have started seeds. Many, many volunteers have started seeds. Uh -huh. And those will go in, you know, after Mother's Day here in New York. So um, – yeah, those will so be in the ground soon. So even that, I mean, to watch something grow from seed, I still find miraculous. Right, right. And, and it's very metaphoric, right? Like we, yeah. we're planting seeds. And also um, one of the things that I love is that these seeds that we're planting, literal and figurative, are um, showing, right? So I have um, some statements. Oh, my gosh, I could share them with you if you like. Mm, I'd love I to. I'd I love have, that. Oh. Yeah, let me see. So I have these seeds. They're like sprouting seeds. So, you know, when I was asking our volunteers and our students, you know, some of the reflections from this experience that we've had together in this garden and starting this this community garden, um, one of our volunteers who, um, an older adult, said, as a retired nurse who loves gardening and whose father lived with dementia, I felt as if this project would pull together important aspects of my life while providing an opportunity to meet new people. Mm -hmm. um, working alongside the interns was an added treat. Their fresh and open attitudes towards the work and the goals of the project were inspiring. 
I have mm-hmm. renewed optimism about the future, knowing that they will be in charge someday. Mm-hmm. And and so this is kind of um, interesting, right? Because one of our goals is to reduce ageism and ableism. And so we see ableism goes both ways. And so another volunteer, an older adult said, I must say that these kids really changed my opinion of this generation. They're very hardworking and motivated. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love that. And then from the student, I, will, I won't uh, read all of them, but let's see. I've got some really wonderful thoughts from the students as well. Um, Working with Evergreen Minds has changed my perspective on older people. Our first visit to the nursing home was shocking because I had never been around people that far along in their dementia journey. But as we began painting with them, I saw how their faces lit up as they painted and chatted with one another. I was able to see the community create the happiness that comes from shared experience. So mm-hmm. the, these are pretty, pretty beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty profound. So Ab- I mean, they're life-changing. I can the- imagine students making career choices based on this volunteer experience. Right, right. And, and, mm-hmm. and they reflect on the, the, the pathology, that, the pathologizing that's happening, right? And how people are marginalized. So their eyes are really opening, you know, it's, it's just, it's wonderful. This project has, has grown in ways I hadn't imagined. Aha. Uh-huh. As a psychotherapist of 30 years with a specialty in food and eating issues, I know that holidays can be a real challenge when it comes to eating and food. Food and family visits are often a very tricky combination. So if you'd like to learn how to have a more peaceful relationship with food, both during the holidays and the rest of the year, check out my web course, The Wisdom of Mindful Eating. This course is super practical and user-friendly, and it has the power to change your life. You'll find the course on the ZestfulAging.com website. Now back to the show. And is one of your uh, missions or your hopes to uh, have this replicated in other parts of the country? Yes, definitely. So we, one of our goals is really to um, do some research next year and see how we can, you know, um, get some evidence behind this that we already know works, but get some evidence and then also replicate it in other parts. So California, we have some board members in California, mm-hmm. so that would be our, um, one of our goals is to, to have this created in other communities. And people have reached out to me about, you know, how can we do this where I live? Um, and uh, yeah, and then also creating kind of an educational piece too, where we can go in and educate communities, how they can do this where they are, right? Whether it's in New York City or, you know, the woods of Massachusetts, wherever people are in, you know, in this country or this world, we will hope to, to be able to provide some educational opportunities for that. Mm-hmm. Are there any challenges for you, Michelle, doing this kind of work? You know, that's so interesting that you ask me that, Nicole. I would say the biggest challenge is the stigma that goes when you when people often hear, particularly middle-aged and older people, mm-hmm. hear the word dementia. It's kind of like, uh-oh, you know, I don't really want to think about that. Mm-hmm. And so getting people to engage in a program that brings everybody together is seems to me to be a little intimidating for some people, which is interesting. And I hope that we can work towards changing that because really we're all people and, um, you know, we may, we may um, think a little differently, but we're all in this together. 
So, so maybe the fear of seeing mm -hmm. somebody with dementia keeps people away. Perhaps, perhaps I've had I've had people. I had one woman actually say to me, you know, well, I don't have dementia. And I said, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's okay. You don't need to have dementia. We're all you know, working together to create this garden and this, these experiences more importantly. Right. So even if, uh, even if the garden doesn't, you know, if it grows weeds, whatever, the point is we're together and everybody's mm -hmm. working together and, has and learning from one another. Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Are there any particular, um, residents that you've, uh, grown more fond of and watch their, development and journey mm. in this project you're saying yeah um you know what not really because we just started in january i'm mm -hmm. just i i can actually get teary thinking about you know the people that have contributed because i'm just the one putting it you know offering this right but it's really mm -hmm. the people in this project who are making the decisions who are actually creating it like literally ah, it's a democracy it. uh, totally so i mean i'm just really grateful for every single person whether they've just um, given an opinion or whether they've gotten in that garden every weekend to put nails to board. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I'm just grateful for, for all of, all of the people that have participated so far. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you see is um, starting to take, to, to get traction, this idea that um, there are better ways to um, live our or later years, do you do you find that like the average person on the street is aware that there are programs now that are much more mindful and encompassing and sort of uh, lovely for people rather than just being in a long-term care facility? Is this starting to get out in the in in our culture? You know, I don't think the average person is aware. I think we kind of accept what is given to us. But that's not to say there's not really great strides being made. Like, for example, you've, you've probably heard of the Greenhouse Project. So mm -hmm. they've been leaders for years mm -hmm. kind of in these, um, these principles of balancing risk and uh, focusing on dignity and, and continued contribution. So the Greenhouse Project, there's green care farms, which um, like in the Netherlands, where people are in community, they're living with dementia, but they're they're giving back to their community mm -hmm. through these these agricultural um, contributions and co connecting to, right to one another and with the land. So I mean, it is being done. I just think we're a little bit behind here in the state. In the U.S., I've noticed that too in terms we of are. interviewing people in the U.K. and Europe and Scandinavia that they're like, "Yeah, we've we've been doing this. What <laughs> what's taking right. you so long?" Right, right. And so that's what this garden is. It's just the this, this seed, right? I believe that, that we can do this. We can show that there are other alternatives, that choice should be given, and people can make the decision for themselves, right? If they want more of a hospitality type feel and or, you know, a, a traditional uh, nursing home model, which I don't believe most people do want that, but there should be more choices. And um, it's, it's well past time <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to, get the, to get those going. Is this what you studied mostly in your graduate work, or did this evolve um, uh, since you've done your degrees? Yeah, so my my um, I, I got my master's in art therapy. So I've always created for for about twenty five years. I've created 
art in a therapeutic way with older adults specifically. Mm -hmm. And then because I have kind of looked at those injustices in the long-term care system, that's what prompted me to go on and get a, a gerontology degree, right? So I got a doctorate in gerontology hoping to help, you know, get some of these changes going and, and reframe the, the kind of a broken system that I, I think we have right now. Well, you, you just mentioned inequalities. What, what do you mean when you say inequalities in, in care and, and some justice issues? What, what, mm -hmm. what, are you, what are you describing? Right. So, you know, and I, by no means, I just want to preface this by saying I'm, I don't want to bash. Like, there's so many hardworking folks that have been through, you know, hacking back to, to um, especially during this pandemic. But there are a lot of inequities in dementia care. And, you know, one of the things that I feel really interested in is when we, when we think about environmental justice, you know, we, we think about um, people who are marginalized and they don't have access to healthy food and water and, mm. and air and, you know, mm. clean places to live. That's really important. But I think what I want to do is, is expand the definition of environmental justice to incorporate people who are living in long-term care. So people who are marginalized based on a cognitive diagnosis. So I, I think the social movement can really be expanded so that, like I said, we, we unlock the doors, right? Again, balancing risk. And so not, not just accepting segregation, right, as a, as a standard practice and saying, well, that's how we do it, right? That's how things get done. But giving people access and choice to the natural world, to green space. And it's, you know, really looking at it as a, as, um, a human rights mm -hmm. issue mm -hmm. and an, an environmental justice issue. So that's, that's what really gets me fired up, Nicole. So. <laughs> mm. I was, uh, I read an article, I'm sure you're aware of this, that even when you look at the earth from space, you can tell where the impoverished neighborhoods are because mm -hmm. they have less green space, less trees. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, wow, that's interesting. And, and I think too, we don't have to live in a beautiful cedar forest, like to, to gain these benefits and to, to interconnect with the with the world, the, the green space and the world around us. I mean, you can do this from a parking lot. You know, mm. I, I think that it, when you go into a forest, studies show that, you know, the benefits just, you know, increase. But, you know, being in touch with the natural world and even, frankly, looking at them through a window, which not everybody even has that, right? Like mm. not everybody mm. even has a window view of, of um, nature. So I think we can really expand that too. We can, we can do better about, you know, how we connect people every day, you know, um, with nature. I, I just, you know, I invite the listeners and, and you, Nicole, like just to, to think for a moment, like, what if I said, you know what, starting today, you're not allowed to go outside. You're going to, you're going to go out when I, when it's okay for my schedule. But for right now, mm. I just need you to stay in here just just stay here you know like i don't know how i would do it i know how i would do i, <laughs> I would not do i would do very poorly because right. that's such an important part of my day right right we mm -hmm. want to talk about behaviors and i'm saying that with my air quotes that's but it's like right. oh i'd have some awful behaviors if you said mm -hmm. michelle you're you're stuck here you oh are. you'd be so like tense i think and mm -hmm. and just unsettled Right. Uh, that's that's a great way to 
sort of uh, think about like what it means to be, you know, the, the term warehoused is really appropriate here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of older people talk about that and that sense of imprisonment. And um, I had a rabbi once tell me that she would rather die than go into, you know, a nursing home. And, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's like a reality. And, um, you know, there's, I think a lot of nursing homes are doing really beautiful work too. You know, there are gardens in, in some of these mm-hmm. homes and there are mm-hmm. patios. That's great. We need that, but we need more, more access, right. And more choice. That's, that's really what I, what I'm here to say. <laughs> and I think your point is that it's maybe more effort, right? To say, okay, yes. we're going to go outside, even though I've got a lot of other patients or mm-hmm. citizens, however they're referred to. And that's yeah. more work. And um, I understand there's quite a shortage in people who are able to work with, uh, you know, in nursing homes. How, mm-hmm. how, do, how does that work out then? Yeah, it's it's true. It is more work. And I've been there. I, I worked as a activity director, life engagement director for, for a lot of years. And I would try my very best to get as many people as I could outside for all different things, from picnics to music to exercise to just sitting in the in the outdoors and noticing like I did it all camping, you know, but it's, it, it's hard. It's a lot of work and you can only take so many people right at once because you do want to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. You don't want to bring 40 people out. Right. But, but and then ha- they wander. Yeah. You have to, you have to do it safely, but there's a way. And I think rather than saying, you know, it's not safe, let's figure out a way to make it a priority mm-hmm. because Just like it's we so would. important. Right. Oh. For all of us. And it shouldn't change mm-hmm. because people get admitted. Um, you know, I, one time I was visiting this, this long-term care community and there was a woman who was, you know, quite far along in her dementia journey. And she is used to walking every day. She has traveled the world, lived in tropical climates. She loves the earth and her, she actually called herself, um, earth mama, right. Or (laughs) nature mama. And so her habit, her daily habit routine was to walk every day. So the day I came, they happened to have a birthday party that day, right. With a big, um, big, big room full of people and a a wonderful band and everything. But, but she didn't really want to do that. She wanted to go out on a walk and the staff asked her to sit down and enjoy the party. She didn't want to, they asked again, she flipped, right. She lost it. And um, Um. I was like, my heart broke. I was like, oh my goodness. She mm-hmm. just wants to go outside. But that's what I'm thinking. Like, let's just reimagine how we do that. Like we mm-hmm. could have avoided her distress and somebody there could have just perhaps mm-hmm. taken a walk with her outdoors. Just take a walk, you know, for a few minutes and, and avoided all of that. And, um, that's, so just a great, looking- that's an important story. I mean, it's just so helpful to, to drain off the, the tension that we all live mm-hmm. with. Right. Just kind empathetic, you know. Are there any particular mindful outdoor experiences that are your favorites? Mm. Well, you know, I've been practicing. Uh, I'm also a, a certified forest therapy guide. So one of my favorite things to do, and this is something anybody can do at any time, and the more you do it, the, the more it becomes a, a habit. And that is when you are outdoors, noticing everything you're experiencing through your senses. So just going through your senses, trying to, you know, 
when you recognize your busy mind, which we all have, <laughs> just just kind of smiling. Like I smile to myself. I say, okay, brain, get back to it. And I'll go back mm-hmm. to my sense of smell or I'll go back mm-hmm. to my sense of touch or what am I tasting or what, you know, what, um, you know, if you close your eyes and, and just sit quiet and then open your eyes, what might you notice? You know, what textures, what movement? Really grounding. Yeah. Grounding and, and really connecting with, with yourself and with the land Mm. And, and building gratitude, like sometimes a, a daily practice that I love to do is I will thank all of the, the beings in mm-hmm. the, the, the more than human world, as we call it. Um, <laughs> so just, just giving thanks to, to everything around me. And here in, in upstate New York, you know, hearing the birds um, is like, yay, they're back. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll often greet them in the back. Right. Oh, hi, Goldfinch! It's great to see you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so yeah, wonderful. we've missed you. It's been, you know, it, our the winters are so long. That's mm-hmm. that's lovely, and and we know the research on gratitude is 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 robust and how sure helpful is. and health promoting it is. Yeah, yeah. so. If there are listeners out there, which I'm sure there will be, who, who think, you know, this is a much better option for my loved one, uh, how can they learn more about you and your work and, and what you offer here? Well, I would love to talk with anyone who's interested in this or, or even just, you know, finding out how they can connect with, with one another more closely with the land and each other. So my, uh, the website is evergreenminds.org. Mm-hmm. And they can certainly email me at m Olson O L S O N at evergreenminds.org. Mm-hmm. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I am just be thrilled and honored to, to speak <laughs> with anybody about this. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that sounds wonderful. I mean, I think it's as you you've said. You know, there are options. There are alternatives, and that it just offers such a a, a more positive, uh, hopeful view of the future for all of us. Right. And if there aren't options, ask for them, right? Like, mm-hmm. like see how we can make these changes ourselves in our communities. Okay. That's great. I think that's always great advice. Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing uh, your work and Evergreen Minds. I, we really appreciate spending time with you today. Oh, thank you, Nicole. It's been a pleasure for me, too, and I appreciate that you're uh, interested in our work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different 
confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long exploratory you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.